So we're in First First uh, Peter chapter three. Anyone have it? Any teenager have it? And you'd like to read it good and loud for everyone, just good and loud, just bellow it out. So a teenager that has that scripture, everyone just lost their place. Look, isn't that funny? They had it, now they just lost their place. All right, well I'll uh, I'll read it then. First Peter three, and look down please in verse number fifteen. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be, all, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So we need to know what we believe and why according to the word of God. Let's have a prayer. Father, bless the brief time we have tonight. Give us something to help us uh, sink our teeth into foundational truth So we're not guessing or hoping or just repeating what someone told us, but help us know uh, what we believe and why. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a tad of review. If you have a pen, you may want to jot this down. Anybody need one? I've got one extra. That's all I've got. Anybody need one? Hey, good catch. The floor made a good catch. Good. And so here it is. The word church is found 77 times in the New Testament. Uh, the word means called out assembly uh, in the Greek uh, to impress you. It's the word ekklesia. It just means called out assembly. Now you help me. Called out of where? Called out of the world. So a real church is a separated church. There's no such thing as a worldly church. When it turns worldly, it has ceased to meet the definition of a church. So it is a called out, not just separated from the world, but assembly. Uh, There are some people that are separated from the world, but they do not assemble in a local church. So 77 times. Next, it was founded before Pentecost. Uh, There's a false concept. Many people think Jesus started the church there on the day of Pentecost. Uh, How do we know this? Well, he had the Lord's Supper before Pentecost. He, he told us how to handle internal strife among church members with each other before Pentecost. And so it says here, it was founded by Jesus. So we see in Ephesians, uh, if you can turn to it quickly, you're welcome to read it with me. But I'll read it out loud, Ephesians 2.20. It says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner stone. So the church is built upon him. John Wesley started the Methodist church. John Calvin, are you filling it out? You will be tested on this up in heaven. John, uh, John Calvin started the Presbyterian church. Joseph Smith started the Mormon church. Constantine started the Catholic church. But Jesus started one church. And we'll talk about the name in a moment. It began during his earthly ministry. Look over, if you will, just for a moment. I know you have your Bibles. We're in Luke, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, let's look down in verse number 12. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 12. When did the church get started? Called out assembly. Notice in Luke 6 and verse number 12. It came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night to prayer to God. When it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles, 
Simon, whom he called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotes, Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. So who was the pastor of this church? Help me. What was his name? Pastor Jesus. Twelve members called out assembly. He trained them on a regular basis. This is the beginning of the church. In another place in the New Testament, it said, and he allowed them to be with him. And that's the key word, to be with him. That was their training. So it began during Jesus' ministry. The preacher who baptized Jesus was called, notice over here in Matthew 3, I want you to see it. Sometimes we kind of overlook this, but Matthew chapter 3, every word of God is pure, it is inspired. So notice what he says, Matthew 3 and verse number 1. Notice what the Holy Spirit writes. And it says, in those days came John... Next, next word, the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Now that does not mean his first name was John, his middle name was the, and his last name was Baptist. That's not what it's saying. But is this word a description or a title? Did the people call him the Baptist? But this is not the this is God calling him John the Baptist. Now, with that in mind, look over in chapter 14 of Matthew, chapter 14 of Matthew, and we see looking down into verse number 1. You remember the story, Herod had John the Baptist be 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 beheaded because his stepdaughter danced and he wanted to please her and he, over, he overdid it. He spoiled it. He said, I'll give you half the kingdom. Mom, what should I ask? The head of John the Baptist. Can you imagine? She could have had a trip to Disneyland. She could have gone to Paris. She could have had a new wardrobe, brand new piano. She could have met all these famous people. She gets a head on a platter. Unbelievable. But notice these two verses. This is Herod, Matthew 14, 2. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, this, this is the king speaking, this is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. So scripture calls him John the Baptist. Herod called him John the Baptist. He was not John the Methodist. He was not John the Pentecostal. It's interesting God calls him the Baptist. And we'll get, get on that in just a moment. Next, Jesus and John's mission were the same. Teach, baptize, teach. That's the Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. The other gospel says, teach all nations, baptizing them, teaching. That's what John the Baptist did. That's what Jesus did. Next, the book of Acts depicts the church that Jesus began. So if you ever want to find out, so what was that church like? Jesus trained these men three years what did he train them to do? Just read the 28 chapters of Acts. They kept doing the same thing. They would reach new converts, baptize them, train leaders, reach others, turn the church over to a leader, 
go start a church in another city. And thank God they did that or we would not have been reached. And that's what the local church did. Error began creeping in in these churches. Now we'll stop for a moment. Well, let's look over just for a moment to 1 Corinthians 11. First, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter number 11. Acts chapter 11. How many of you have dates in your Bible? There's dates at the top of the page. Any of you have Bibles like that, Schofield or something? And so Acts chapter 11, and you'll see it says A.D. 42. So uh, Jesus would have ascended about the year A.D. 33. Uh, some people think maybe as far as uh, 37. Uh, so here it is, A.D. 42. It's five to ten years since Jesus has ascended. And now we have a new word introduced in the Bible. Acts eleven twenty six. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So this word Christian. So Jesus claimed to be God, and he was. He was crucified. He was condemned by the, the Jews, uh, the religious leaders, and Rome. So they hated him. So 10 years later, his followers are reminding people a whole lot of their founder, Jesus Christ. So the name Christian was not a compliment. It was a very derogatory word. There's derogatory words toward many different races. You pick the race, someone's got a derogatory description. Well, this name, Christian, meant little Christ. And it was not a description, it was a name. It was like they called him a name. Oh, you're just a Christian, you're a little Christ. So Christians have always been put down and persecuted. So here it is, this is maybe 10 years after Jesus arose. Now, realize this. So this church that Jesus started, it did not have a name. He didn't name it the first church in Jerusalem. He didn't name it first Christian. He didn't name it first Baptist church of Judea. It didn't have a name. It was, they were, they were just winning souls, preaching the Bible, assembling, meeting, giving, starting churches, baptizing converts, comforting the hurting, uh, a meeting, uh, a building, encouraging each other, uh, preaching, knocking on doors, house to house, uh, filling Jerusalem with the doctrine. And that went on for hundreds of years. In the year 313, much error started creeping in when Constantine started the Catholic Church. Now realize, so this group was not called Baptist, but they were always Baptist in practice. They would have been a lot like us, but they were not named. First century, they were just called Christians. Oh, the Christians, the first century Christians. But later on, they were called many names, Paulicians, after Paul, Albigenes, Waldenses, and they had all these different, and then later they called them Anna. Baptist, which meant over again baptizers. They were winning people to Christ who were baptized as infants. Any of you? 
You were baptized as a baby and you got baptized later. So you would have been an Anabaptist, over again, baptizer. So let's, let's look at just a little history here. So let's keep going, just, just in the notes, and we must hasten. So there it is, Constantine's vision. Here's the vision if you've not heard it. He said one day he looked up into the clouds, the founder of the Catholic Church, the emperor, and he saw a fiery red cross, and he saw these words, by this shall ye conquer. So he took it. He was supposed to take Christianity, the cross, and conquer other nations and force them to be Christians. So that's when the government got married to the church. God always wanted them separate. And so there is Constantine. Now, again, all this did not happen overnight. It's not like in 313, automatically they're baptizing babies and, and they're crucifying uh, non-Catholics uh, 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 and they're burning by... No, no. Uh, error crept in very slowly through the years. Okay, with that in mind, here's a quote from Sir Isaac Newton. You remember? He's the one that discovered apples. I think I studied this in uh, Louisiana politics or something. Uh, you remember the apple fell. He, he said it must be something called gravity or something. The Baptists are the only body of known Christians that have never symbolized with Rome. Oft times people will say every religion came out of the Catholic Church. Wrong. Wrong. We have never been associated with the Catholic Church. We did not come out of the Catholic Church. There's always been a church baptistic in doctrine and practice. They didn't always look like us. They didn't always have all the practices we did. But in the mainstream of reaching people, winning souls, following the Bible, assembling together, uh, no baby baptism, it's, it's the Bible. It was, it was the, there was always a group of people like that. Now, with that in mind, look down. There was a group called the Reformers. And that was those who were in the Catholic Church that said, we're going to change the Catholic Church. We're going to reform it. We're not leaving the Mother Church. We're going to reform it. Who were those people? Calvin. You remember the cartoon? Calvin! No, I think that's something else. But it was John Calvin. I know. And then Luther. Martin Luther. And we liked that guy. And a lot of these... People had, had, had great ethics. They were not always right doctrinally, but they tried to reform. And then there was Huss as well. Some were killed. Some were uh, 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 persecuted. Then the Protestants. Who were those? Those were the ones in the Catholic Church that said, it's no reforming it. We can't change it. We protest. We're out of here. And they pulled out. So you've got the reformers. You've got the Protestant, prot, uh, protesters or the Protestants. By the way, we are not Protestant. We're Baptist. There's a difference. Now, if you join the military, uh, somehow they kind of whittle it down in three. Are you Jewish? Are you Catholic? Are you Protestant? So Protestant was all others. We went on a, a cruise years ago, and I didn't want to not have a church to go to on Sunday in the a uh, 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 ship wasn't going to port and I wasn't just going to sit on a boat and just sit there and, 
And, and so I asked the, 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 uh, the cruise activities director, I said, do y'all have a church service on Sunday? They said, yes, we do. We have Catholic confession and a Catholic service. There's mass. I said, well, what if half the boat's not Catholic? It's all we have. I said, well, I'm an ordained Baptist pastor. I'd be glad to do a service. Okay, we'll work on that. So they called it the Protestant service. <laughs> they said, all non-Catholics that want to go to the Protestant service, you can. And so we didn't have a pianist or organ. So I led the, it's like a bus service on the bus, you know. And so we had 67 in the service. 67. Kind of interesting. I just sold this out. So the priest that did the Catholic service, him and his boyfriend got their cruise paid for, their cabin, all their meals, their entire cruise, both of them got theirs paid for because they were having mass every day, you know, serving the people on the boat. Well, there was kind of an insurrection and the group that came to my service went to the headquarters and said, hey, what are you doing for Pastor Ray? Come on. We had 67 in our service. Then I did a Bible study every morning uh, the whole time I was on there, they let me use the room. And so late one night, a knock came on the door and they brought us a bottle of champagne. So <laughs> I told my wife to get rid of it. I don't know what she did with it. So they got the whole cruise paid for it. We just got a bottle of champagne. So there were the reformers. Then there were the Protestants. So there's the different names uh, uh, through the years. Now, what was the persecution over? We mentioned it last week for a little bit. Uh, it was over infant baptism. It was over communion for the saved only. And also the common people having access to the Bible. Okay, let's try to act this out just a little bit. Maybe this will help. Okay, Brother Brett, can you help me just for a moment? Okay. And let me see. Brother Steve, I'll get you in just a minute. Uh, who else wants a volunteer? Brother Charles, won't you help me just for a moment too? Okay, so here we are. Okay, how are we going to do this? Okay, Catholic. you want to be Catholic or you want to be Baptist? Baptist. Okay, okay. <laughs> you want to be Catholic or you want to be Catholic? I guess I'll go with Catholic. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. And Brother Steve, we're going to uh, let you stand in just a minute. You'll be one of the reformers, okay? And then I need a Protestant. Anybody want to be a Protestant? Jonathan, why don't you come up and be the Protestant? Okay, so here we go. So here it is. And so here we are, the Baptist. So who started... A church Baptist in practice. What was his name on the seashore? Okay, seashore of Galilee. Was it called Baptist? Yes or no? Wasn't called Baptist, so you can't say that. And you can't even say this. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. That made him a Baptist. So God's a Baptist. No, you can't even say that. You know, that's, you know, anyway. So here we are. So there was, there was Baptist in doctrine. This church kept growing and growing. They were persecuted. Wasn't always popular, but they always followed the Bible. People were getting saved. They believed in assembling. And then 313, the Catholic church is born. Amen. Okay, let's put you over here. And so uh, Constantine, he's got all kind of weird things. And, and look, his collar's on backwards. Here, let's turn that around. And, and so uh, let's put a pack of cigarettes here. Uh, anyway, so, so here he is. And, and so, so then what happened here... They, uh, uh, Baptists kept growing and time is passing. And then we had the Protestants saying, man, we're getting out of here. Say it, say it good and loud. We're getting out of here. All right. And then the Protestants kind of left and uh, started all their churches. Then, uh, Brother Steve, then the reformers said, no, we're going to uh, stay. I'm staying. 
Just say it. I'm staying. I'm staying. All right. So, so the reformers stayed with the Catholic Church. So guess what the Baptists kept doing? They kept winning souls. Kept winning souls. And guess who they started winning? Some Catholics who had been baptized as babies. And some Protestants who had been baptized as babies. And guess what they did? They led them to the Lord. So they baptized them scripturally, which was over again. Then the Catholic Church got riled up and said, yeah. I mean, really riled up. Ah! Uh, okay. Yeah. And started persecuting. Now, don't touch him. But, okay. Uh, started persecuting the, the Baptist church. Now, get this. This church never, ever in history attacked any of these churches. Truth never attacks. Truth spreads. It never persecutes. It never attacks. Ever always attacks. So, through the years, there's been all these, and, and Protestant churches birthed a lot of churches, and uh, Reformer Church birthed a lot of churches, and, and the mother of Harlot's church, all the daughter, all the churches resemble the mother, a lot of formalism, uh, a lot of spookiness. What's this? You don't ask. And, and uh, you're the headquarters and this and that. And so, but this church just kept going. Just kept going. Not always named Baptist, but Baptist in practice. Now here it is, 2023. There's always been a church with these character traits right here. Thank you. Give my hand. Great job. Great job. Thank you so much. Okay, well, let's finish up here. We got a lot to cover. Here it is. Millions of Baptists in practice were martyred. They were martyred in England. And then when they came to America, guess what? They got, they got martyred here. Uh, read the one step. It's f- full of excerpts. The tables flipped. The Catholics got in charge of many of the laws. They had to show proof of baptism of their infant or their goods were confiscated. The wives were drowned. The husbands were beaten or burnt at the stake. And that persecution, they don't talk much about it, but it's the Baptists. The Huguenots, the Albigenes, the Paulicians in history, it was them being thrown off the cliffs under the spikes. It was them being lit on fire. It was them, their children taken away from them. Millions. Baptists did not support laws, last statement on this front page, mandating all citizens to become Baptists. In the Netherlands, another word for Holland, the king said, I want you to research and find the, quote, religion that follows the Bible closest than any other religion. They came back and said, oh, king, it's the Baptists. Historically, it's the Baptists. He said, we're going to make a law that everyone in Holland must be a Baptist. The Baptists rose up and protested and said, no, sir. The Bible teaches freedom of religion, separation of church and state. Even though we believe we're right, we don't want it mandated that everyone has to be a Baptist. Hey, three cheers for the Baptists. Hey. Hip, hip, hooray. Yeah, hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, you're wild. <laughs> if you saw that on the internet, it never happened. <laughs> and then in America, same thing. They wanted to mandate it. And people like Roger Williams and others, first Baptist preacher in our country, said... This is not why we came to America. We came so you'd have a choice. 
Isn't that amazing? I just love that. I love it. Quickly on the back, let me give you some of these. So what are the Baptist distinctives? Some of this is in discipleship. Someone, someone called the church one time and they said, can you mail me a list of what your church believes? And I said, well, let's save some postage. Do you own a Bible? They said, yes, I do. I said, well, there you go. There you go. I love the children's song, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. It's interesting. Well, here it is, Baptist Distinctives. We'll give it to you quickly. B stands for Bible authority. Bible is the authority. Paul's, excuse me, Peter says in 2 Peter 1.21, we have a more sure word of prophecy. He said, I was on the mountaintop. I saw Moses. I saw Elijah. I know what I saw, but I've got something even more dependable than that. I've got God's written word. It's the same any day I look at it. I may forget what I saw, and maybe it wasn't everything I thought. This book's the same every day. And so B, Bible, is the authority. The B on our church sign, it stands for, if you pull into this uh, church, you're probably going to hear a message from the Bible. This is the authority. That's why we say, thus saith the Lord. It was Billy Graham. When he started his ministry, he said, I want my uh, sermons full of the Word of God. They checked his sermons and said, every message he would have between 25 up to 100, thus saith the Lord, or the Bible says, and then he would quote a scripture, 25 to 100 per message. It's hard to get off base when you fill in the message with that many scriptures. The Bible's the authority. Next, A stands for autonomy of the local church. Autonomy. What in the world's that mean? It just means this. We're an island. We're an island. We're our own entity. We're our own little country. In other words, it means we're not a part of any other denomination. We're an independent church. He said, where do you get that in the Bible? Well, look in, look in the New Testament to the church of Laodicea, to the church of Thessalonica, to the uh, uh, church at Corinth. Uh, they were all individual local churches. And that means this. Let me encourage you. That means what happens at another church it's not our business. Yeah. This, is, this is our business right here. Did you hear what happened? Uh, you think pastor so-and-so should have resigned? Well, he didn't ask me. You think so-and-so ought to be an evangelist? Well, they didn't ask me. And, and so, and so the, uh, the autonomy simply means we're a local church. So no headquarters tells us which missionaries to support. No headquarters tells us it's, we'll vote on it here. And that's how we do that. Now, Next letter, quickly. Priesthood of the believer, P. He says, all of us are priests. We don't need to go through a priest or a pope or a cardinal. We go directly to the Lord. There's one God and one mediator between God and man. Number next, T, two ordinances. Baptism and they that gladly received his word were baptized the same day. That's an ordinance for the church. Now just quickly, that means this. If you lead someone to the Lord... You probably ought not just go baptize them in the Napa River. We want to do everything under the local umbrella of the local church. There's a lot of what we call parachurch organizations. 
And maybe they're not wicked. For instance, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, a great organization that's reached a lot of athletes. But you want to back something that's under a part of a local church because that's the only organization God promised would never cease. He said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're not against someone having an organization that reaches people and does great things. Samaritan, Purse, Franklin, Graham, and all that. But you always want it under the local church. Jerry Pertell, his dinosaur trailer, his ministry there in the fairs. Guess what that is? It's a ministry of Central Baptist Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He answers to the pastor, answers to the leadership there. How come? Because he represents the Lord through that local church. Quickly here, the Lord's Supper, there's a reference. Then the I, individual soul liberty. Read the scripture later. Basically, it says, no one makes you get saved. You have a choice. There's a doctrine that's, uh, that has permeated much of society and many religions for years. Calvinism, uh, a branch off of John Calvin's teaching. Uh, they have five points. Uh, they call it the tulip. And uh, somehow they get the thought that a person has no choice if they get saved. Who will get saved? Will get saved. So what's the use of getting the gospel out? If they're going to get saved, they're going to get saved. They don't even have a choice. Because God's already chosen who's going to get saved. That, that's the doctrine. Do you see how that would kill a missions program? <laughs> see how that belief would kill a bus ministry? Door-to-door soul winning. If you feel like, well, God's already picked them. Uh, uh, so, so why am I wasting time trying to tell them about Jesus? And, and so God says, we have a choice. Uh, God picks us the moment we pick him. That's kind of how that goes, if you will. Someone asked me, it's five points to this Calvinism or hyper-Calvinism. Someone asked me, they said, Pastor, how many points Calvinist are you? And I looked at him and I said, oh, I thought they only had two points. <laughs> and they were not real happy with me. That was a Bible college I went to years ago in Texas. Number next, save baptized church membership. Save baptized church membership. There was much persecution in the early days of the Baptist church because they were saying, what do you mean we can't take the Lord's Supper? Well, you're not saved. Well, I don't think you have to be saved. And, and so they were so used to since a child on up, that was, that was an issue. And then last there, two officers. There's the pastor. Let's look at Acts 20. Let me read this quickly. Acts 20, and I want to get where we're getting in just a second. Verse 28. He says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Pastors to oversee, he's to feed. And then the deacons. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the word deacon simply means servant. We think many of these that were deacons in the book of Acts were uh, men that were much like a staff member, much like a, a, an evangelist. Many of them preached. And it said in 2 Timothy 3, and verse number 13, where am I? 3, 13, he says, and that's the wrong one. 2 Timothy 3, 13. Uh, 1 Timothy 3, 13. There it is. 1 Timothy 3, 13. Uh, here it is. 
uh, says, the office of a deacon, well purchased themselves of good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. So the Bible never says how many deacons to have in a church. We've had from one, we've had up to four. The church in Jerusalem had, we estimate, 48,000 members. And they had seven deacons. So if you want to go by the book of Acts, about every 7,000 members in a church, you have one deacon. And so their job was to uh, feed the widows, to make sure they were not over, uh, overlooked, and to serve and to uh, help things go smoothly. And then we see separation of church and state, Matthew twenty two twenty one. If you want to read it later on, Jesus said, Bring me a coin, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. So here's the questions that come up sometimes. So pastor, do, is it real important that you're labeled? I just want to be a Christian. I just want to be a Christian. Well, here's where that comes in now. These days, everybody claims to be a Christian. Hugh Hefner, who printed Playboy magazine, or Hustler, whichever one he did, he claimed to be a Christian. Look at all the presidents through the years we've had who have claimed to be Christians. So sometimes that word doesn't mean a whole lot. It just means you're not a Jew, and you're not a Muslim, so you're a Christian. Someone looked at me one time and they said, well, I guess I'm a Christian. I said, how do you come up with that? Well, I live in America and we're a Christian nation. So I guess that makes me a Christian. Someone says, well, I don't want to be labeled. Try this. Okay. How many folks shop at Safeway most of the time? Safeway most of the time? Knob Hill. Anybody? Knob Hill. 7-Eleven. Okay. (laughs) Safeway. Luckies. Man. Costco. Okay. So... Can you imagine going in the store and there's no label on any of the cans? Well, son, pick up one of those large ones. I like that skinny can. And you're just putting all these cans in. Surprise supper every night. Open three cans. That's what we're eating. We're eating peaches, refried beans, and olives. This is supper tonight. We like the labels on the cans. We want to know what we're getting. That's why when I moved here, we had five Baptist churches in Napa. Now we're the only one. What happened, some people took the labels off the cans. They thought it would attract more people inside their building. Did it? I don't know. But I've never read in the Bible where it says, go into all the world and attract people. He says, preach the gospel to every creature. The way Jesus attracted people, he raised someone from the dead, he healed someone or changed a life. And that attracted people. And so, number next. Well, what about non-denominational churches, Pastor? The vine, the branch, the rock, the building. (laughs) I was visiting this week. I kid you not. So what church you go to? There's this new church. It's called the building. (laughs) I mean, it just seems like it's just, man, it's everything but church. The word church isn't even on the bill. It's, it's, why would they do that? For some reason, they, they don't want any identification. It's interesting. Someone says, well, I want to be identified. But they'll wear a 49ers jersey. They'll wear a Raiders jersey. They'll wear a Cowboys jersey. 
I don't want to make a commitment, but they'll sign a lease on a house or an apartment. They'll sign a loan for a car payment. We're committed, and we do make commitments here quickly. So what if you never join a church? I can tell you this. Uh, the Bible says, and they were baptized and was added to the church. In the book of Corinthians, it says, and you're members of the body of Christ. It's something powerful about being a member. When I came here as the pastor in August of 1986, I walked the aisle. My wife did too. I said, you want to join? I said, yep, you want to join? Yep, we shook each other's hand. We're members. I figured if I was pastor, I ought to be a member. When you're a member somewhere, it carries clout when you invite people. You really like that church? Yeah, I joined. You did. It does something. So there's that commitment. We've only got about three minutes. I'm hurrying. Here we are. They called us Baptists. Here's some quotes. A.T. Robertson, great, great man of God from yesteryear. Given a new heart and an open Bible, people will become Baptists. That's what he wrote. Missionary Adoniram Judson to Burma, Myanmar. He became a Baptist after carefully studying the New Testament on the way to the mission field, and he got baptized right before he went to the mission field. He lost all kind of support because people that were supporting him didn't want to support a Baptist. Charles Spurgeon, the guy we like a lot from London, England, was reading the Bible one day and found out he was a Baptist. His mother said, Charles, I'm so upset. You've become not only a Christian, but a Baptist. He said, Mother, God has answered your prayers. In giving you exceeding abundantly above all you ever asked or thought. Smart Alec. Other character traits quickly here. Think of John the Baptist for a moment. He's got this house coat of camel skin. He's got a grasshopper sticking out of his mouth. Some honey dripping down here. I doubt he's bathed that morning. Probably has dirt under his fingernails. Hair's a little bit matted sweaty, screaming at the top of his lungs, baptizing thousands of people. Wonder what he was like. Here's character traits of real Baptist churches. They're separated from the world. One of our men uh, today was bragging on the church. He said, man, I just love coming here so much. He said, the lights are bright. The lights are bright. I still remember I invited a man to church one time. I thought he had just snorted some cocaine. How I knew that, I don't know. But I was witnessed, sent to his family, invited the family to church. That Sunday they came. I was kind of shocked and he looked real antsy. Have you ever had a visitor come to church and they're real antsy like, I can't wait till I get out of here. I can't believe I came. He was just like that. And he left early and I... Went by his house to visit him that week. And I said, hey, man, I'm so glad you made it. He said, I won't be back. I said, man, I'm glad you came. He said, I didn't feel comfortable. I said, usually people who were demon possessed don't feel comfortable in our church. And I've never said that to anybody. He <laughs> said, what? I said, you were on drugs Sunday, weren't you? I said, if you're full of drugs, you're full of the devil. Ended up getting saved and became faithful members for years. Separated. John the ba Baptist churches have been separated quickly. 
Convicting preaching. When John the Baptist preached, three different groups came up to him. The publicans, what shall we do? The scribes, what shall we do? The soldiers, what shall we do? So he preached to a point where he wanted them to make a decision right there. It wasn't just a lecture and go home. It was, hey, now what are you going to do with what you just heard? Decide, it's deciding time. That's what John preached. So it was convicting. Number next, they reached the common people. That has always been Baptist history. I hate to tell you, I don't know of any rich Baptist church. I just don't. About the time we get one person like that here, they get mad. They get upset. They come on the wrong Sunday when we preach the hottest message of the year. That's their first Sunday. And they never come back. Old story, but I want to tell it. Years ago, someone invited a family to visit our church. There are several church buildings on this property. There's one four or five blocks away. Then there's one about half a block away. Then there's uh, another one about uh, another block away. Then there's one down the uh, uh, street here. Uh, another block. So about four or five churches right here in the neighborhood. Well, if you don't specify, they pull in the first church they see. So here was a family. The car backfiring as they came into the parking lot of this church. I'm sure they were adding to the church parking lot oil dripping from their car. As they got out with their little ragamuffin kids and came up to the door... And before they walked in the door, the greeter or the ungreeter said, as they looked at this family, you must be looking for hope well. This is before they even let them in the door. And they said, it's just down the block, about half a block. Hey, we'll take them. We'll take them. The Bible, all throughout the Gospels, and the common people heard Jesus gladly. The common people. Rich people, educated people, wonderful. I hope we get some. We have some. But I'm just saying, they're not, they're not always the makeup of Baptist church. Most Baptist church, it's just common, hardworking, normal, good people. It's what it is. I'll end with this. I think this is it. If you want to add one thing, soul winning, it's confrontational. It's confrontational. It's not, if you would like peace with God, come back next Sunday. No, it's, if you died today, would you go to hell? What? <laughs> if you died today, would you go to No one's ever asked. Confrontational. That's all a part of a Baptist church.